Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Haro, and we are keeping score. Well, tennis major season is over. NASCAR is just heating up. IndyCar as well. Golf major is over, but waiting for the President's Cup. Baseball in America, crescendo. Hockey, basketball beginning. It is, as usual, a busy, busy week. So let's start with our deals. Three to one. Number three, Rafa Nadal wins the U.S. Open, and Bianca Andreescu wins on the women's side. Both singles winners take about $3.85 million home equally, but that was a blip to the cash flow of the tennis tournament alone. Hashtag Sports says in 2018, the two-week-long U.S. Open generated $65 million in sponsorship deals alone. Tickets and broadcasting, about $120 million. Concessions, 30. 2019, the annual tournament put on by the nonprofit USTA was on target to have the biggest year in its 51-year history. The U.S. Open is evolving clearly and becoming more brand-friendly by design, and tennis is reaching a global audience at an unprecedented scale. The sponsors on the ground at Billie Jean King Tennis Center reflect a global appeal of the sport. Heineken, the official beer, not a domestic brew. Rolex replaced Citizen as the official timekeeper. Emirates, the official airline. And the spacious, newly renovated facility attracted over 737,000 spectators, an all-time attendance record, proving if you build it, the brands and the fans will come. And that's number three. Number two, not the NFL, but football-related. Flag football may be a path forward. Andrew Luck's sudden retirement from the NFL sparked another round of debates surrounding football's future. A report from the National Federation of State High School Associations on sports participation indicating that 71% of the 43,000 athletes who stopped competing between 2017 and 18 were football players and not only fanned the flames, but John Wall Street reports that NFL COO Marianne Turk actively working on growing flag football participation. The barrier for entry much lower for flag than it is for tackle. No equipment is needed, and playing will help people understand and love the game, some of whom will inevitably go on to play professionally. The goal is to see flag football recognized as an Olympic sport in time for as early as 2020 in Tokyo. Making flag football a global sport will generate fandom for the NFL around the world. It will also drive global revenue growth, helping the NFL reach its goal of $25 billion by 2027. That's number two. Finally, number one, again, one quarter of adults in the U.S. say they'd bet on an NFL game this season if it were legal in their state, according to a recent survey commissioned by the American Gaming Association. An online poll conducted for the Gambling Trade Association by Morning Consult last month found that 24% of adults would bet if they could do so legally. 39% of avid NFL fans plan to bet on a game this season legally or not. The survey also drew the now familiar correlation between betting and engagement. Three-fourths of NFL bettors said they're more likely to view a game when they wait on it. 51% say they're more likely to watch pregame shows if they intend to bet. 
based on the survey. The AGA predicts that 38 million American adults will bet on NFL games this season. You can bet the league will continue to monitor this scenario very, 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 very closely. Well, the NFL's front and center for a number of reasons. Last Thursday, I was honored to participate and help moderate the Sport Business Handbook Symposium. You know our book, The Insights from 100-plus Leaders Who Shaped the 50 Years of the Industry. Well, we went to Houston. Jamie Roots, the president of the Houston Texans, organized the event at NRG Stadium the night of NFL kickoff on Thursday. David Fletcher, Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, Chris Kennedy, Houston World Cup bid, Jamie Roots, Bob Harvey, the head of the Greater Houston Partnership. We all talked about the importance of sports business, sports law, the $1.3 trillion business, and the 10 most marketable and most famous moments in Houston Texans history to marry and mirror the 50 greatest moments in the history of the sports business over the last 50 years. We'll do that another day, but this focuses all on Jamie Roots. Started at Procter & Gamble, was at IBM, then started the stadium development successfully and ran the Columbus crew of Major League Soccer, and for a number of years has been the president of Houston Texans. He may have stole our Dolphin left tackle, Jeremy Laramie Tunsil, but that's the way the NFL is. Dolphins rebuilding, Texans thinking about the playoffs, everybody in the NFL still excited about the potential of successful season after just one week. Here is a perspective on the NFL, its business, its future. Jamie Roots. Sports professor Rick Harrell, beyond the scoreboard, uh, inside the boardroom. This is a major day, at least for me. Uh, the Texans have graciously agreed to have a a 50-year the sports business, sports leadership, sports legacy, sport business handbook day, the top uh, moments in Texans history, but also relating to the 50 years of the business and the NFL and the architect of this event and my good friend for life, president of the Texans, Jamie Roots. How are you? Good, Rick. Good to be with you. Good. Thank you very much for sure, all this. Sure, sure. You know, the bottom line is you're ready for the NFL season. This yep. has been done the day of opening kickoff. You talk about the Texans being the youngest franchise in the league. You have the right. two oldest playing today. NFL monetizes hope like nobody else does. Everybody's going to the Super Bowl. How does that keep happening? Well, beginning of the season, everybody's undefeated, right? Yeah. And, and the reality is every year is a brand new team. Whatever happened last year, it doesn't matter anymore. You've got a lot of new players, not a lot of new faces, and it's a performance-based business. So yeah. nobody really knows what's going to happen, and that's what makes it so fun and exciting. Our job is to energize our fan base so that each season they're ready for the team, and then we've got to go out and do our job. We also layer on watching the game with the experience that you have, tailgating, the in-game experience, the rituals and traditions. Those are the things that keep fans coming back despite – the wins, the losses, they're really excited about the wins. The losses, they they want you to get past those and get back to wins. So uh, it really is an exciting time of year. We'll get back to the decouching issue of bringing people to the ballpark in a right. second. Let, 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 let's kill the reason why I hate you. As a Dolphin fan, uh, Laramie Tunsil, who was probably the best Dolphin player, the beauty of the NFL is you've got a, we'll see, as we tape this, the uh, Texans are, are thinking about a left side of the line staple for the next 15 years. And the Dolphins are thinking about perpetual draft picks in their sleep. The NFL is a beautiful thing in terms of all of that process. Right, right. Well, you, the left tackle position is so incredibly important yeah. to our team. And we fortunately have found somebody who can anchor that left, left side for a decade or more. 
and we already have a franchise quarterback. We have a lot of good skill position players. We also have some really talented uh, players on the line and tight end. So offensively, we think with this piece, we're we're in very good shape to go out and and uh, face the NFL's best. Defensively, we're one of the best teams in the National Football League. We return a lot of those players. We have some new additions and reinforcements. So, you know, everybody prepares to, to win a championship. Only one team gets to do it. But we feel like, you know, we have uh, we have a really exciting season in front of us. It all starts with the New Orleans Saints. And as we tape this, everybody thinks they'll go to the Super Bowl. And only one team makes it. But right now, you don't know who it is, and that's right. the beauty of the NFL. Your other comment about, uh, I'll call it decouching, but we understand that the device or television, everybody has it, and everybody has it on his person. So how do you make things more attractive for people to come to the park on a regular basis? Well, maybe because of where we started as a franchise, you know, the the television was already becoming a competitor to coming and watch the game. And so what we've wrestled with every year and from game to game is what makes this a differentiated experience? How is this more special and more valuable? And it really is around the bonding time, being part of something that's larger than yourself. You don't get that uh, on your couch in your living room. And so we try to make the tailgating experience where 35,000 people two and a half hours prior to kickoff are coming together to enjoy a meal. The traditions that we have in-game that that bring you out of your seat and into the game. Nobody really wants to watch. They want to participate. And so we really challenge ourselves to provide provide things through the game that allow fans to participate to be part of the action on the field, which is is the end game. And specific kind of best practices relative to social media, right. I know are important to you because if we're up to you, this would be one big family watching the text. Well, yeah, and, and uh, the technology and this, you know, total proliferation of, of devices and and uh, and technologies that can allow you to communicate. We want to be everywhere our fans are and provide them with the most compelling content possible. So it's not just 10 days during the fall that you're connected with this team. It really is 365 days a year, radio, TV, website, uh, the the app. Twitter, Instagram, go all the way down. Wherever you want to talk yeah. about us, you have an opportunity to talk with us. NFL, excited about the business side of it. Yeah. You know, people again talking about how you got to reach an agreement with the players. We all understand that, but that's it doesn't have to be now. It can be a year off, and, and I assume you think things are going well or will be going well. From what I understand, good yeah. progress is being made. You're right. We do have a long uh, runway to make that happen. The previous CBA or what we're operating yeah. under now yeah. has worked well for the teams. It's worked exceedingly well for the players. So we're starting from a position of strength. Talk about Houston and what we saw today, frankly. You've got the uh, Lone Star Entertainment Group, yep. which puts on the major events. It's under you. Mm-hmm. You've got the Greater Houston Partnership with Public Private helped you with the Super Bowl. Sure. You've also got a, a guy that's after the World Cup 2026. Right. You've got a pretty interesting organization you work well with. How did that happen? Well, the last 20 years has really been transformational for Houston. Sports has played a role in that, but the quality of life components that we've added to our com- uh, community, in addition to the facilities that we've added, and the teams have played a role, and the partnerships played a role, and the convention and visitors Bureau and the Sports Authority, all of these entities have uh, have come together because Houston's a really special place, and I think it's a cultural norm that the expectation is that we will all work together for the greater good. At the end of the day, high tide lifts all boats. If Houston is a successful sports city, that's good for the Texans, that's good for the Astros, the Rockets, and on down the line. Mega events, you're in the perceived or implicit or should be rotation for Final Fours, for conference championships, for the uh, college football championship, for Super Bowls, and on and on and on. 
How does that happen, and, and, and how do you continue the momentum? Well, I like to say that, uh, and it comes from Ayn Rand, that the, uh, the ladder of success is best climbed by stepping on the rungs of opportunity. So our challenge every time we get a great opportunity is to deliver upon the expectations in an exceptional way. You're only as good as your last event. It's a performance-based business. Fortunately, here in Houston, not only in this stadium, but in the other venues and all the other amenities that are around Houston, each time we've had these opportunities, we've knocked it out of the ballpark. And as long as we continue to do that, you know, the, the potential is limitless for this world-class city. By the way, I want you to just hear his response because he's now quoting, you know, academics way beyond my perspective. The guy played soccer at Clemson, all right? And he's, you know, he's holding himself out as this intellect academic. Thank you very much. Hey, we're the Harvard of the South. I know you appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. So let's talk about the future and the Texans and the business and the structure of it. Uh, The post-Bob McNair, uh, McNair era, seamless. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit, credit to you and his son. Well, really to uh, Janice, to Cal, from the entire uh, McNair family, right. and thinking back to Bob, he set this thing up. He was one of the champions within the league that required, uh, uh, made it a requirement that teams had to file their succession plan because yeah. he wanted to make sure that his team was taken care of, and it's good for the Texans. All 32 teams should That's be right. doing this. So he created a plan that we would have a seamless transition. Uh, uh, Janice and uh, and Cal both believe the same things that Bob did. We are caretakers of a community asset, so it really has not been a disruption for us. We've just been able to redouble our efforts towards realizing the fullness of Bob's vision. And you're honoring him. you got a big night later on in the season. Talk yep. about it. Well, it's our uh, Founders Day. It really was providential. I mean, when we looked at the schedule for the year, we said, you know what? Uh, October 6th, that's the day in 1999 that Bob got the franchise right. So we chose that as the day that we would put him in the ring of honor and establish Founders Day forevermore, an opportunity for us to celebrate uh, the impact that Bob has had on the community and what his philanthropy and efforts uh, in the best interests of Houston continue to have on the community. Speaking of the community, do people uh, in a broader context, and, and I also mean the Astros and the, and the Rockets, everybody rally around the greater good? You've talked about it relative to the people in the sure. room today, but it's a bigger deal than that. Outstanding know? people. Yeah. I mean, uh, over at the Ro- uh, Rockets, Tad Brown, who's my, yeah. uh, uh, my peer there, right. and, and uh, Reed Ryan. I mean, they, they, all, they love this city. They realize that their team, as we realize our team, we have an obligation. We have a great platform, right, that we can, we can demonstrate by our actions that uh, to encourage others to go out and work to make Houston a better place, to take care of those people that are less fortunate. Uh, Don Shula said, I know of no other way to lead than by example. Right. And all of us embrace our, the imperative for us to give back to the community. Where's Jamie Roots five years from now? Don't oh, ask that gosh. question. Come on, man. Don't don't ask that question. <laughs> hey, uh, what, Yogi Berra. Here's another one. Oh, my God. I, I don't make predictions, especially about the future. <laughs> That's really well done. Well, I find it very appropriate that the guy starts with some nondescript literary people, and he ends with Yogi Berra. Jamie Roots, thank you very much. Appreciate man. you, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, Jamie Roots has been the president of the Texans and honors Bob McNair, the founder and original owner, as best he can. Super Bowl coming up maybe in the rotation, certainly Super Bowl previously, Final Fours, other kinds of events at NRG Stadium. The Texans have it going on in any number of ways. Let's look at the top tech minutes of the week. Top tech minute. First, NFL joins TikTok to cater to Gen Z. 
head of the kickoff of the NFL's 100 season, the social media video app in the league created a partnership to launch an official NFL account on TikTok. The deal also includes a series of NFL-themed hashtag challenges and other marketing opportunities for brands around the NFL content. The first hashtag challenge, hashtag we ready, encourage fans to show pride for their favorite NFL team while using the hashtag. And several popular TikTok creators and NFL clubs also joined the fans in the challenge. The NFL's TikTok account already features several videos ranging from behind the scenes action to highlights to funny memes and even inspirational content. A big step for the NFL, a league usually hesitant to jump into new media configurations. The first step to the NFL developing a tighter bond with younger generations of fans. Let's go across to Asia for our other tech issue and deal with boxer Manny Pacquiao. He creates his own cryptocurrency to sell his merchandise. The champion boxer announced his new currency called the PAC, which behaves like a standard cryptocurrency and provides a digitally tradable token with the floating value secured by the fact that it's visible to all publicly traded value. According to The Verge, Pacquiao is launching the venture with help from Gcox Corp., a company in Southeast Asia that's developed a new model for celebrity tokens. And although Pacquiao is the guinea pig of this new form of celebrity cryptocurrency, singer Jason Derulo and English soccer star Michael Owen... Singer Jason Derulo and English soccer star Michael Owen reportedly also planning launches with Gcox. This will be a test to push the exchange market into other forms of trade outside of standard currencies and may work with the backing from star power, such as the ultra-likable Pacquiao. That's your Tech Minute. How about the Power of Sports Minute? Well, first of all, NFL player, former NFL player Mike Brown, using gambling and gaming as a way to modernize philanthropy. The former Colts linebacker created win-win after he observed an overall decline in the number of people donating to charity. It tackles the problem to help pro athletes, entertainers, and anyone with influence activate their fans to support causes they care about through games in which users pick winners for upcoming sporting events. After making picks, users donate to enter the competition and unlock unique perks and prizes like dinner with their favorite athlete. The activity becomes a mixture of gambling and philanthropy for a charity cause. To push his company to the next level, Brown recently launched an equity crowdfunding campaign for win-win to allow for fan investments. And by leveraging star power and the newest forms of technology into philanthropy, Brown looks to be a leader in the area of sports philanthropy, charity, and business. Finally, how about this? Well, Greenland has been in the news recently, not really good, but now they're combating their country's melting ice with the world's first electronic racing series. Greenland will be one of the five climate-threatened locations to host the first Extreme E Championship in 2021, pioneering all-electric off-road racing. The Extreme E races will race in five of the world's remote environments, using the global appeal of motorsports to shine a spotlight on the biggest climate threats to the planet and see electric sport utility vehicles used in events. 10-park DocuSport package, Extreme E, will showcase electronic SUVs, head-to-head races in areas suffering from environmental damage or under threat. Fox Sports signs a multi-sport broadcast deal. 
currently, East e Extreme is scouting four additional endangered locations that are facing climate threats, such as deforestation, rising sea levels, decertification, and plastic pollution, and will announce the locations in the near future. This is sports, tech, and activism coming into one to save the planet. And that's your Power of Sports Minute. Well, we'd like to thank Jamie Roots for participating in the panel as well as the podcast this week. I'd like to thank the NFL for gearing up for another successful season. I'd like to thank you all for listening, watching, and joining us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.